It's Tuesday, August 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians are off Monday. They lost a game in the standings in the American League Central when the Twins knocked off the Boston Red Sox at home. Uh, game and a half lead in the Central Division as they open up a big series against Baltimore. Uh, they haven't seen Baltimore in a, in a, in a little while here. Uh, and since the last time they played the Orioles, the the Orioles have, have turned things around, and their season is is now, uh, you know, one that sort of mirrors, uh, you know, the Guardians' sort of hopes, unexpected hopes for a, a playoff spot. Uh, the the Orioles are real contenders right now, and nobody saw that coming in the uh, the AL East. Yeah, definitely, Joe. They are twenty one and fourteen since the All Star break. They're on the, uh, you know, they're just out of range of the third wild card spot, and uh, they are playing very, very well. Um, Sixteen and nine in August, and they have won six of their last ten, six of their last nine games, I, I should say. And uh, one of one of the uh, kind of main drivers of the offense is uh, is Anthony Santander, you know, a former uh, Rule Five pick off the Indians roster. He's uh, leading uh, the leading the Orioles with 23 home runs and uh, and and 73 RBIs. So he's doing a nice job for them. Yeah, and every time he sees a Cleveland uniform uh, uh, across the field, he he turns into Babe Ruth, and uh, you know he's he's had a lot of success facing Cleveland. So he'll be in town. Uh, definitely a, a threat and a problem there. Uh, another reason for uh, Baltimore's big turnaround. And it sort of coincided with uh, the promotion of Adley Rutschman, the former number one overall uh, draft pick. Uh, he's a catcher, and and this guy is a contender for Rookie of the Year honors. Uh, you know, he's he's the guy they mentioned with Julio Rodriguez from Seattle uh, instead of Stephen Kwan, uh, which kind of uh, you know rubs people in Cleveland the wrong way, but. Uh, Adley Rutschman is has been sort of a, a spark plug on offense for these guys as well. Yeah, him and Quan were college teammates. Uh, you know, to, uh, at Oregon, Oregon State was that right? Yep. Or Oregon? Oregon State. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so we saw Quan go head to head with Rodriguez over the weekend in uh, in uh, Seattle, and we're going to get to see him here in uh, Progressive Field with uh, with his old college uh, teammates. So that'll be fun to watch and. Uh, you know, Quan has represented himself well, and and uh, and uh, Rauchman is. I mean, he's done a great job for them. He's, uh, you know, after kind of a had to get his feet wet and struggle a little bit when he first got called up, but he's, you know, he's really uh, been a big contributor for uh, for the Orioles. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch uh, just just how uh, the two interact. We saw Quan uh, and and Rodriguez interact on on the field in Seattle. Uh, you know, in passing, and uh, you know, these are our former college teammates. So it, it it'll be interesting to see Quan's reaction to uh, to having Rutschman up now and and playing the as well as he has been. Uh, this is a big series. Uh, it make make no mistake. You know, the it's weird to say that with uh you know playing Baltimore. Yeah, it, it's been it, what been since 1980 what 1997 since uh the Cleveland and Baltimore have had a big series against each other, huh? Yeah, definitely. And uh you know, uh the 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 Guardians are kind of struggling a little bit, you know, they're coming off that losing 3 out of 4 
to to Seattle. Uh, they in those four games, they only scored seven runs. Uh, so they're eight and seven in their last fifteen. Uh, in June, they went two and one against Baltimore, but th- those games were close. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a big test, and it's really they have to play well, Joe. This is, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get to, you know, really get a good look at kind of their kind of their intestinal fortitude, I guess, because they're a game and a half out that, uh, you know, it seemed like a minute ago they had a four-game lead. And, uh, I mean, they have a game and a half lead. And, uh, you know, they had a four-game lead, you know, like uh, two weeks, uh, like, it seemed like two days ago. So this thing can change quickly. Yeah, it, it's it, this is that time of year where you sort of scoreboard watch and, you know, every loss uh, feels like, uh, uh, you know, you missed an opportunity there, especially when uh, Minnesota or Chicago loses uh, to, to pick up a game. And you're always sort of, you know, not only watching what you're doing, but watching what the other teams in the division uh, are doing at the same time. Uh, Cal Quantrill on the mound uh, tonight. Uh, he's He's been pretty good uh, lately, in, and he's never lost a game at Progressive Field. Yeah, definitely. 6-0 in his last nine starts with a 3.27 ERA. Um, coming off, of, you know, really a strong start against San Diego on that last trip. Seven scoreless innings, six Ks. Um, yeah, but he's, he's been kind of not, his history against the Orioles is not great. He's 0-1 with a 10.50 ERA in uh, three games, including two starts. So we'll have to see if uh, that progressive field magic keeps working for Cal and that offense keeps producing for him because he is, you know, there's a, a couple of, a couple of the starters on the Guardian staff can complain about non-support, but uh, Quantrill cannot. Yeah, that's uh, that's the one thing uh, it seems like. And he mentioned this in his post game in Seattle or in, in San Diego uh, that, you know, it just feels like every time he goes out there, uh, the guys are scoring 10 runs for him. Uh, you know, that's not exactly the case, but he, he does you know, feel a little more comfortable than say a Zach Plesac who who only gets you know 2.58 runs of support per nine innings. Quantrill gets considerably more than that, uh, and and that timing bears out bears out really well because, like you said, they only scored seven runs in Seattle as a as an offense in four games. Uh, this is an offense that needs some sort of kickstart and some sort of jumpstart. Uh, do do they make a move with with Miles Straw at the bottom of the lineup? Uh, Straw has been killing them. He's a he's a, a black hole in that lineup right now, and uh, you know they they need to make a move. But do you sacrifice the the defense that he gives you out there in center field, uh, or do you keep him in the lineup and and try to make moves around him? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I wish I knew the answer. You know, we do know that Tito is really loyal to his guys, and uh, you know he lives by that mantra. If okay, if you make a move, who do you replace him with? And if you make, who do you replace uh, Straw with? I mean, you've got some options, but you know, I don't think any of them plays as defensively as well as Straw does. No, there's there's definitely no player in the organization right now that plays a better defensive center field uh, than Miles Straw. If you're looking to Columbus uh, for options down there. Uh, you've you've got Oscar Mercado on the ro- on the roster in Columbus. He could play center field, uh, but you'd have to make a move on the forty man to 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 add him um, if you want to bring him back for a third time this year. 
Uh, you've got Will Brennan down there who has done absolutely everything and more this year uh, at the plate to, to show that he deserves a spot uh, on your big league uh, roster, or at least deserves a, a chance to prove himself at the big league level. Uh, he's He's been leading Columbus in pretty much every offensive category uh, throughout the year. Uh, Will Brennan, uh, you know, another guy who you would have to put on the 40-man roster, and and you'd have to do that by the end of this year anyways if you plan on keeping him in the, in the organization. So, uh, you know, might be a move that they could make there. Uh, don't forget that also on Thursday, the rosters expand. Uh, so if you can wait an, another two days, you've, you've got, you know, room on the, the, the active roster goes from 26 to 28. Uh, you need to add a pitcher and a position player. Uh, normally you'd add a, a, a catcher in that position, but uh, it doesn't look like, you know, Bo Naylor might be getting a, a call anytime soon. Yeah. You know, that, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, uh, in 2020, the rule changed. You know, it used to be you could bring up uh, on September 1st, you could bring them up, up to 40 players, your whole 40-man roster. Uh, you can't do that anymore. It's only two players. You know, everybody, every team has to, you know, is limited to that. Uh, so, you know, in, in, in the past, you would always bring up a third catcher, even, you know, Brian Lavastida maybe, you know, a guy that – but now maybe you, you, you've got to th- – you, one of those guys has to be a pitcher, you would think, mm-hmm. for the bullpen. And and another, you've got to bring up a you know a position player. Maybe maybe it is Naylor. Maybe you maybe you add him to the forty man. But you know, I get the impression that that's not the way it's going to break. Uh, that you know it might be a you know it might be a- Arias Gabriel Arias and uh, let him play you know some different positions. He's been he's been playing first base. He's been playing the outfield. At- Columbus so maybe you know you give him a little shot there but uh, you know it's going to be really really interesting to see who they add yeah I, I can say that in in Seattle uh pretty much all of the front office with the exception of Mike Chernoff uh was there uh, uh Chris Antonetti uh, Eric Binder uh a, a bunch of different guys were uh, Eric uh, 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 Foreman was there uh as well uh there, there were a bunch of guys basically standing in the hallway uh, after Sunday's loss, and it looked like there was a, a meeting of the minds going on, and I you know, couldn't tell exactly who they were talking about, but uh, it, there were some, some long faces uh, during that conversation. Uh, and then I saw Chris Antonetti go into Terry Francona's office uh, and close the door. So, uh, you know, it, it didn't look like anything bad was going on, but uh, it, it could be that they were talking about, you know, how they're going to to fix this this lineup and this roster as they head towards uh, these these final 35 games or so. Uh, you, you know, there's there are moves that that they could make uh, to try and sort of inject some sort of life into this lineup, uh, which is desperately needed as they're they're heading into this big stretch. Uh, you know, they've got uh, you know six games this week against. Baltimore and Seattle, who are, are both contending for playoff spots. Uh, and then next week they do, uh, they go on the road to Kansas City and and then Minnesota. Uh, and that Minnesota uh, matchup uh, next weekend is is looming uh, quite large right now. Yeah, definitely, Joe. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if they continue their philosophy of, you know, taking a look at the whole roster, Making seeing who can play and who can't play, 
while still trying to contend or do they you know kind of narrow their focus and just concentrate on trying to win the win the division here or get to the postseason but you know by any means necessary it, um, and um, you know w- right now the twins are you know the twins have lost you know four in a row now they've won four in a row they're you know they're they've they're they're four uh they've won four straight uh they're they're four and six in their last ten uh, and and uh you know Chicago it might be coming a two get a two uh two uh, team race Joe because uh, Chicago's five out they're two and eight in their last ten they've lost four straight so you know these are these are all important games right yeah it, it, we we start sort of worrying less and less about uh, Chicago until we realize that you know we've got what uh, seven, eight games left uh, against them as well. Four games, so, four games against oh, the White Sox. Four games total left against the White Sox. So, uh, you know, that that's a big series right there where, you, you know, you could also, you could wind up putting them back in the chase if you if you don't play well in that series. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it, it, I asked Tito uh, at, the, at the end of the weekend there in Seattle if, there comes a point over these last 35 games where you have to start tapering your lineup and playing your, you know, you sort of setting a lineup with, with as many veteran or experienced guys as possible, you know, and moving away from that philosophy of, Hey, we've got to, you know, develop and see who we have this year uh, versus trying to win. Now the, the, the trying to win now is, is what's in front of you with the playoffs. And, and he, he sort of didn't give me the, the answer I was looking for. The, the answer I was looking for was, yeah, we're going to start playing, you know, the best lineup every night to try and win those games. But uh, I didn't get that indication from him. Uh, he sort of wasn't, wasn't real firm on it, which leads me to believe that, you know, he's getting pressure from uh, the front office to continue to, to, to practice that philosophy of, you know, hey, we've got to see what a Tyler Freeman can do. And then we saw what Tyler Freeman did. Going out and, and booting two balls and you know stranding four guys on base and uh, you know it's it's pretty tough. Um, uh, I, I I think Tito's done an amazing job this year with the with what he's been given. Uh, I just think that maybe he wants uh, wants the opportunity to do a, a little more, knowing that you know hey you don't get to make the playoffs every single year. Yeah, this is uh, you know an opportunity you have to take advantage of. Just like you said, Joe, you <laughs> you don't know what next year is going to bring, and uh, uh, if you if it's sitting right in front of you, you got to go for it. But you know, basically, you know what you see is what you get right now. They, you know, I mean, you could add a guy like Jesus Aguilar on waivers. You know, uh, the the Marlins, uh, you know, DFA'd him and released him. Uh, I don't know if that's going to do you any good. Or, uh, but you know, you didn't make a move at the trade deadline. You didn't do anything at the during the off season. So you were basically committed to this plan. And uh, what they they don't have much other choice but to keep doing this. And you know, you can't play you you, you can't play uh, Jose Ramirez and and uh, uh, you know Ahmad Rosario and and Jimenez down the stretch every day. You're going to wear them out. So. You know you're going to have to play these kids, and uh, you just have to keep your fingers crossed that that they that they keep producing like they have. Give me two guys on the um, active roster right now who you think are most vulnerable uh, for not being around uh, this time next week. 
if if the Guardians decide to make moves and and decide to try and you know shore up the offense. Oh boy, I you know by not you know I it's a tough call because you know you got the September first coming you know two days away the rosters increased. Do you send somebody down now? I mean, uh, or do you just you know kind of bite the bullet and and you know add add two guys at, at the deadline and uh, or. But uh, I would think, you know, you know, Miles Straw and Owen Miller have, have, you know, really, you know, kind of stuck out as, as you know, non-contributors. I mean, they've just, you know, you know, Straw especially, you know, besides his off his defense has has just he doesn't even resemble the guy that hit 285 last year, you know, and after being tra- acquired from Houston, and uh, Miller, you know, I'm amazed his average is still around 240. I mm-hmm. I don't get it, but you know, we saw flashes of power early in the season. We haven't seen any of that since. Yeah, he's he's been uh, below average uh, in terms of, you know, every other hit coming off of Owen Miller's bat was a, an extra base hit early in the season, and and he's had none of that lately. So. Uh, the the opponents have, have figured out how to pitch him. Uh, he he has yet to make that adjustment coming back, uh, and and he's still in the lineup uh, as much as he is because he's the only other guy who can give uh, Josh Naylor a, a break off of his feet over at first base. Uh, as far as guys who could be coming uh, by Thursday, uh, when when the the rosters are are expanded, uh, Cody Morris, uh, a guy who. You know, maybe should have been uh, on the roster at the beginning of the season had he not gotten hurt. Uh, he's been pitching really well. Uh, Tito uh, made note of him uh, as as a guy who's uh, been able to pitch in a bunch of different roles in Columbus uh, out of the bullpen and as a starter. Uh, maybe we see Cody Morris added as well uh, to to sort of give uh, uh, you know some more length and more opportunity in that uh, that bullpen that's been pitching so well for for Cleveland. Yeah, that makes sense, Joey. Like you can say, you said he can, you know, can fill two roles. Um, they've got a doubleheader coming up with the Twins. You know, could, could he be a spot starter there? So that that would help. And you know, the position player I think is up for grabs. You know, it, it seems like the catchers are in pretty good shape. You know, with uh, uh, you know Hank Hedges and and Maley. You know, they're both you know, healthy and. Uh, <clears throat> So I don't know if you would need a, a third catcher, but you certainly would need you, you need somewhere you need you need to help that offense as much as possible. So maybe Arias is the guy. Yeah, it's a it's a possibility. Maybe they uh, maybe they call up Nolan Jones and put him in left field and move Stephen Kwan over to center and and sit uh, um, uh, straw for a little bit, too. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we will be back with you again uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about this, um, uh, the news that came out with the Major League Baseball Players Association representing minor league players as well. We need to to, to sort of dig in on that a little bit uh, before we we start talking about it. But uh, lots to lots to go over. Uh, exciting time here this weekend. Big homestand uh, opening up, and we will uh, check in with you again here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Definitely, Joe.